0: This podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. What is Audible, you ask? You know what Audible is by now. Come on. They have lots of audiobooks. They're also a means that you can give back to The Laps for nothing, by the way. If you go to audibletrial.com slash The Laps and sign up for a free, 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 free audiobook, they give us a tiny chunk of change. If you don't like it, hey, you can cancel right away and it costs you zip. Go to audibletrial.com slash The Laps and put some food on my plate. Thank you, everybody. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Lapse Storytelling Podcast, where we tell true stories gussied up. I'm your host, Kyle Jest, and today we've got a story about something that's, on the surface, not uncommon. One in ten North Americans are diagnosed with major depressive disorder. Many more live in silence, thinking that what they're experiencing is normal or convincing themselves that medication for the mind is something to be shameful of. Sean Michael Hayes was definitely in that latter category. The way he sought to treat that was in a very, very not so common way. I'm calling this one, and credit to Zoe Quinn for this title, Depression Quest. Here it comes. This is The Lapse. Sean levels with the psychiatrist. Look, he says, I need more than an SSRI. What about, um? Ketamine, like what do you know about ketamine therapy? Ketamine is most often used as a veterinary anesthetic. Also popular is a short-acting recreational dissociative, a street drug. The doc looks like he tasted something sour. Ketamine, why would
1: we be prescribing ketamine for depression?
0: Forget it, just, I'll take the antidepressants. Let's back up a second. BC Canada, 2003. Sean is experiencing what he calls the darkness this all-encompassing, always expanding, ever-present feeling of impending doom. Mr. Hayes, would you say you're prone to high-risk behavior, dangerous activity, these kinds of things?
1: At the time, I was like a kind of semi-pro skateboarder kind of guy and like had to do public appearances and pushing the limits of my physical body like every single day. So the answer to that question is yes. I was trying to explain this to this This specialist, this doctor, you know, like, hey, I'm really depressed, I want to kill myself. On the other hand, the worse my depression gets, the worse my anxiety gets. I'm really anxious, and I'm anxious in crowds, and, you know, I'm anxious about how shitty I feel, and I'm anxious if I'm supposed to, like, be a professional skateboarder, if I'm good enough, and all sorts of stuff. A specialist is quick. Bipolar
0: disorder. SSRIs. Take those with lithium. Sean begins the medication skeptical because there was this whole sort of manic side of bipolar
1: and I'd never really sort of crossed that bridge and I never really was certain like okay is it coming or do I just not have
0: bipolar he stops taking them five years later I had some really great success Sean's landed a six-figure job down in California in charge of the action sports division of Alpine Stars I slowly went away from even believing that I was diagnosed with depression or bipolar peaks and valleys not happy maybe but satisfied so he thinks, anyway.
1: For whatever reason, a hundred grand was always this like, elusive number when you're a kid. You're like, oh, if I was making a hundred grand a year, that'd be pretty cool. I remember uh, opening up, thinking, okay, here's the moment when like, the happiness is going to hit me. And I just looked at like the numbers, and like, that number could have had three more zeros on the end of it, and it wouldn't have changed anything,
0: because I still had that job, and I still had to go sit in that office, and I felt nothing. Sean might not see it yet, but there's movement to this pattern. Just as he's up... comes crashing down. His therapist tells him to take some time off, think about things, which works out. His boss has him fired. It's called G-O-Y-X-13. Just be Of course, you have to qualify
1: first. And then what? Well, and then,
0: being a sort of silly young man, Sean meets Flora, Dutch model, bit of a spirit child. While they've only been dating for a month, mostly long distance via Skype, Sha knows it deep down. He's in love. <laughs> Flora's in San Diego for a visit. Being a Dutch model, her citizenship lies elsewhere. So, naturally. Because we wanted to stay with each other so much and we, you
1: know, cared about each other so much, the only way we could do that was to get married. Yeah, I thought it was like a good sign when the when the thunder cracked as I opened the door as we were walking out of the courthouse. That was the end of her trip, and she wanted to go back home and like kind of pack up her things and say goodbye to her family. And the first day she's back, she goes and sees her doctor.
0: And she calls me and she says, you know, I just found out that I have cancer. It's treatable and, in fact, taken care of, but another beginning to a less than stellar end.
1: I just felt like I just let everyone out and my family down. Like, not only had I gone and eloped without letting any of them know, but here I was getting divorced. It really, like, confused all of my feelings about love and partnership. Even if I was crazy, you don't get married and you don't, like, follow that route, or at least I didn't, unless I really believed it. Knowing that I had been so wrong about something that I felt so right about.
0: The formula is still an experiment, not without its risks. Are you sure want to do this? Peru, the Amazon rainforest. Sean is in search of a shaman.
1: And so I went to the jungle thinking I could work with a shaman like a doctor, but in a natural way, rather than have to go you have this diagnosis, take this medicine. I don't know what the hell this darkness is. Maybe it's like out there in the spirit world and this ayahuasca contains this chemical DMT which comes from the arpinial gland naturally when we dream and when we're born and when we die and it's somehow related to like the spirit world too. So The shaman sort of briefed me, but the problem was is that she spoke Spanish and I spoke English. Although she knew I was from Canada and I knew her name was Otilia, there wasn't a lot of personal sort of interaction going on there.
0: Well, bottom's up. At first, nothing. And then pain. Waves and waves of pain.
1: I didn't get anything other than pain. But the thing is, is that a lot of times to heal something, to fix something, I think that was a part of the healing process, you know? That was like working on the parts I didn't even know I
0: needed to be healed kind of thing, you know? Despite the pain, Sean performs the ceremony again and again until eventually
1: what the hell is this
0: he begins to see
1: the thing is is that it was so subtle i could barely like tell if it was my own thoughts i was thinking about or if i was like tripping out you know
0: how subtle you ask
1: when i had the experience of seeing like the most beautiful space goddess in the world and she like her question to me was will you father a child with me In one way, I think I was just kind of imagining this thing, or maybe it was like some big prophetic universal question, but either way, I turned it down because I was unsure, like, who was meant to be the father of this child, or if I had to move to space, or, I don't know, It's too confusing. I went there thinking, okay, here I am in my real world, in real life, on Earth, and I'm trying, you know, I'm reading the books, I'm reading the research, I can't find the answers. Maybe there's this spirit world. Maybe there's like this connection to go to like this spirit world and get the answers and then I'll bring him back. And I didn't really, you know, I submit, I have depression. There was no telling myself, Hey, this is just some random thing. This is because of the world. Like there's nothing wrong in my life. It's just like, I fucking wanted to die. Which brings us back to here. Ketamine. Why would we be prescribing ketamine for depression? These are the kind of doctors that I'm, like, scared of, you know? Like, this guy's I'm trusting with my, like, life, basically. And he doesn't even know what for, like, five years has been proven to be, like, the newest, most up-and-coming treatment for depression. Sean's been doing some Googling. And there's all this research, all these hits about what's been happening with ketamine, specifically in depression patients.
0: He starts a fresh prescription for antidepressants. Meanwhile, I start looking, like, how can I get access to ketamine? In the U.S., ketamine is a class 3 scheduled substance. Outside of the trunk of an Escalade, it's kind of tough to get a prescription. But there is an exception. GLYX13 is a ketamine derivative
1: without any of the disassociative side effects that ketamine has. So that was being trialed at two
0: locations in America, and one of them happened to be in San Diego. In order to meet the criteria, Sean will first have to pass, so to speak, the hmd 17 depression test. Kinda aces it. As long as he stays on the SSRIs, he's in.
1: I've done all the research on the study. I know this company through and through, I like study their stock. I know that through this study, everyone in the study is gonna get the trial drug for the first time. There's no like placebo, like everyone gets it the first
0: time. The nurse tapes Sean off and notes his vitals. Then the transfusion begins.
1: and I could feel it as it went into me. It felt cold and like kind of cool and like I thought I could taste something in the back of my mouth. For the first time in I don't know how long I drove home. It wasn't that I was high or like tripping. All of a sudden it was just like, oh man, this is what it feels like to be normal? Like what the hell? I didn't even really realize how shitty I felt. The thing is is that it only lasts like one to two weeks and so each week I'd go back and have to take this depression rating scale again They weren't supposed to tell me this, but I kind of like tricked them into like letting me in on how they like. Basically, you would take this rating scale every time the first time you come. That number would be sent to the company and they would decide based on that scale if you were to get the study drug or the placebo.
0: On the test,
1: the higher your score, the worse you're doing emotionally. Yeah, man, I'm feeling pretty good, you know, and I scored pretty low on the test. And I was like, barely wanted to kill myself this week.
0: Unfortunately, Sean's misplayed his hand because now he gets the placebo. By the third week he started to slip and he's still lying about it. Yeah, I'm like, I'm doing pretty good, you know. Once more, he gets the placebo.
1: By then I really crash, and I don't know what the hell's going on. And I'm like, what the fuck? This thing helped me, I thought, and did it not help me. I don't know if I'm getting the placebo. I decided to go on this bike ride and I was out there pedaling around and you know I was only like a mile or two away from my house and like I couldn't help myself from just like bawling in tears and just like feeling like, think positively, you know, but like it was just too much to control. And like each time a car would pass, I remember my mind kind of suggesting to me, like, you know, there's a chance to end it, or like, you know, pull in front of this car and get hit, and like,
0: and then you won't have to feel this pain anymore. He breaks, tells him he's not doing so hot. And lo and behold, he gets the study medication for the rest of the trial. But as with any trial, it comes to an end.
1: I kind of knew that this was going to come, but I didn't know what to do. And I,
0: shit, um, now what do I do? You comb the shady beaches of the internet. Sean finds two sources, one in Philadelphia and the other, amazingly, right there in San Diego, a specialist who treats chronic pain. And some
1: of her patients were depression patients, you know, as a form of chronic pain. I didn't really know much about chronic pain, but it sounds horrible one lady's testimony was like, thank you, Dr. Sabin, for allowing me to sleep with a sheet on my bed again. $1,000 later, she combined ketamine in the uses that they suggest for depression, oxytocin, which is the chemical your body produces through human contact, plus melatonin for mood and sleep,
0: and an anti-inflammatory.
1: And yeah, it works. Like If you are suicidal, it will keep
0: you from killing yourself because it'll take away that pain. On the scale his support group uses, Sean says, 0 to ten: zero feeling suicidal, 5 feeling normal, and 10 feeling gobsmackingly manic. For someone that's
1: at that 0 or 1 stage, someone that like literally can't take the pain anymore, depression, in that moment, like just one dose for at least like a week or two can help enough to help you from killing yourself. What I found was like, even though I wasn't going back down to that one space of like suicide, it wasn't helping me get past two or three, so I stopped using it. I think that like what I was really trying to find was something to just sort of help with the like regulation and management and that's kind of what I found the antidepressant has done you know it doesn't help me feel happier but it helps me from not falling into that dark abyss.
0: That story again was shared by Sean Michael Hayes. Sean is the author of a trilogy of memoirs about his experiences, the first of which Five Weeks in the Amazon is available right now, you guessed it, amazon.ca and amazon.com. Check out his site at uh, com, for a link to that and more. Plus, if you're into it, there's a pretty gnarly video from Sean's skateboarding days as well. Links also available at TheLaps.org. Credit for the title of this episode goes to Zoe Quinn for her award-winning and uh, kind of groundbreaking game on mental health. Depression Quest, highly recommended play, which you can do so for free at DepressionQuest.com. Did you ever wonder what happened after last episode, Monica's extra final date? It's a really weird experience, but it didn't quite fit with the story we had. So on its own, I'm taking kind of little segments like that, cutting room floor moments, and giving them back to our supporters who supported the show through either Patreon or PayPal as a thank you. We're going to be putting those together as little bonuses like once a month, bits and pieces that we couldn't fit into the normal story. These are going to be really awesome. They don't fit into the story regularly, but they are great little anecdotes that you just, I, you got to listen to them. So if you want to do that, uh, patreon.com slash thelapse is where you can donate. It doesn't cost much and you will keep us going. patreon.com slash thelapse. My name is Kyle Jest and this was The Lapse. Thank you so much for listening.